Hello, I'm Luke Hatfield. Welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies Broadcast, Season 2, Episode 8. I'm joined by Matt Wilson. As always, Matt, how are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Very good. Yeah, we've been relegated to the dingy cellar in uh, the Expressing Star. No bubble this afternoon. For those who don't know, the bubble is a room we normally use for the podcasting. It's a little bit better for our acoustics, but it's very cold down here, Matt. Yeah, I'm in my coat, and I think you are too, so um, let's... uh shoot through this and then get back upstairs to the uh, the heated part of the building, shall we? Yeah, uh, concur with those thoughts. Let's let's talk West Brom Blues. First so-called derby of the season. Uh, what was the atmosphere like? Uh, the atmosphere was good. Um, there's a lot of uh, pre-game uh, chuntering about a bit of an alliance between Blues and Albion and, and you know every sort of Villa fan that you spoke to suggested that it might be um, a loving or... Uh, a derby of two obsessed teams yeah. but apart from um, an early rendition of um, an anti-Villa song and an anti-Wolves song the majority of uh, chants were actually slung um, at each other and there was a hearty uh, rendition of uh, an anti-Albion song uh, from the from the home end which is good to hear because you know you, you want these rivalries to be proper rivalries rather than you know lovings and and you know the last thing you want to do is be giving Wolves and, and Villa fans, um, you know, the the idea that, that, that they're above their station, I suppose. So yeah, <laughs> now it was all good nature's fun. Um, the game itself was, um, I thought, pretty one sided, and I thought mm. Albion were poor for large parts and misplaced plenty of passes. And I thought Blues should have won. And, um, you know, I suppose the positive thing, if you're looking at a West Brom sense of of it, is that they still got a point. Mm. Um, you know, they say that good teams pick up points when they don't play very well. Well, they didn't play very well. So I suppose you could look at it as a positive. But the, the negatives are whether they have the personnel to, to continue and persevere with this new system and approach that... That Darren Moore is, it, it seems to be sticking to quite religiously, and this this intent to play out from the back. Um, in terms of Blues, I mean, you've, you've got to worry for them because they dominated that game and mm. they couldn't get the win, and they still they still can't get the win. So concerns for them. But um, yeah, in terms of Albion, uh, as long as they bounce back from that, yeah, um, then you'll look at it. You'll look at it in a, you know, you could look at it in a couple of weeks' time and think that was it. That was a good point gained. Yeah, but they need, they do need to bounce back from it. They need a much better performance against Bristol City tomorrow night. Yeah, you you said that about Blues. I mean, if they could hit a barn door, I mean, they could have scored a hatful. Well, Che Adams missed a sitter in the at the end of the first half. Yotta missed a good chance in the second half. Um, he penalty missed a penalty. Well. He missed a penalty as well, or the penalty was saved. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone can dispute the fact that Birmingham should have won that game. Um, they were, you know, they weren't. They were. They didn't really carve Albion open to the, in the sense of gorgeous football. They were just quite determined and, and resolute in their shape. And Albion kept giving them the ball yeah. in dangerous areas, which is gonna, well, it's gonna cause problems for yourself if you keep passing the ball, you know, to their um, attackers, which is exactly what the likes of Dawson, Higazi, and Bartley were doing. I don't, I don't think either of those three had a good night. That being said, I, I don't want to completely heap all the criticism on those three because you do have to look further at the pitch and yeah. and, and and ask whether the midfielders or the wing backs or um, Harvey Barnes or the strikers are they doing enough to sort of 
come and show for the ball. They make enough movement, you know. But at times you do you do wonder what happened to the good old clip down the in, down the line into the channel for for Dwight Gale to run onto because sometimes when they did that it actually yielded something they want a corner or a throw in and, and you know that that was sometimes I think you just got to do that you know mm. it, I'm not saying boot it out of play and hoof it into row Z but play the percentages every now and then and if if the if the ball inside is not on because there's a man there yeah just clip it down the line. Yeah, that's it. Do you think Darren Moore does kind of need to implement a plan B in certain games? Because although we've seen the system work brilliantly, the likes of the QPR game, some of the other football, which Albion have played recently, Stoke. has been, yeah, Stoke as, as well, especially very, very good. But then against, for example, Blues, it hasn't really worked. Do you think he needs to kind of figure out a plan B and maybe implement it a little bit sooner sometimes? Or I do. I think you're right there. I think he does. Um, you know, I've been down t- to see him today ahead of the Bristol City game. And I asked him that very question, you know, are you going to stick with this mm. approach religiously or do you have a plan B or a plan C? And he said, no, no, we, you know, I've got, I, I know that we will need to change it up and, you know, we need, I, I, you know, we're working on, on doing that. Um, I do think that on Friday in particular that he could have changed it earlier. Yeah. Obviously, Gareth Barry came on and, and swung the game in Albion's favour when it had been, you know, against them for so long. And he just calmed it down in, the, in that midfield. And I think he could have been brought on earlier. Mm-hmm. I was looking to, towards the bench about 60th minute mark, really. Yeah. Seeing what they could, who could, who they could bring on. And he was the only real option, I thought, in that sort of midfield area to to, to sit the base of midfield and calm it down. You know, I wonder if if we might be, if it might be time in this sort of hectic month. They got a lot of games. Might be time to have a look at the likes of Gareth Barry or you know or or Sam Field in, in that role. Yeah. Um, ahead of Chris Brunt um, and Jake Livermore. Maybe not Livermore because Livermore's more of a um, sort of he's the he's the shuttler. He's sort of the runner, and mm. Brunt is supposed to be the the passer. Now, it's when it when it works and it, when it worked against Stoke, and Brunt had a good game, it does work really well because he goes and gets the ball off the defenders and then he fires it forward quickly to Gale or Rodriguez or Barnes and Albion move through the pitch, through the lines. When it doesn't work, it looks really catastrophically bad yeah. because it looks like you're just giving away a position in dangerous areas and, and, and better teams will probably punish you with that. Um, so yeah, I wonder if it just needs someone to recycle possession a bit more. Um, someone like Barry, potentially Field, who I don't think really has ever put a foot wrong in an Albion shirt, particularly in central midfield. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, what team he picks um, on Tuesday. I asked him today about, you know, fatigue and, and, and is he going to change it up? And he said um, he'd got no, well, this is Darren Moore, sorry. I mean, he said he's got no qualms with changing it up. You know, mm. we, we, I'm, I'm happy to... Um, to remove players and, and I asked him specifically about Chris Brunt and he said, you know, I, just because he's captain doesn't mean that he's untouchable and yeah. I, I, I will I will remove him if I need to. Um, but he also said that because of the extra day mm-hmm. in between, you know, they, they, they played on Friday, yeah. um, that actually if he wanted to start play the starting 11 again against Bristol City that started that game, there wouldn't be any problems with fatigue. So... Few clues really there whether he's going to change it or not. You mm. know, he, he he says that he he's happy to change it and happy to stick with it. So we'll wait and see what he does, and then obviously see if what he does choose is the right decision. Yeah, and a, a couple of players did well, of course. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking the, we're talking down a little bit here, but Albion did get a point. Sam Johnston, another penalty save 
three penalties now he's faced. He hasn't conceded one yet. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's obviously a plus. And um, it was quite interesting because I spoke to someone from from Birmingham City who said uh, that Yotta had been shown um, that Johnston prefers that way. He yeah. prefers to dive that way. Mm. So whatever you do, don't put it that way. And Yotta did. I don't know if it was a bit double bluffing or something. Yeah, maybe. But uh, he, maybe put it, he, he put it, it that way and then Johnston got, guessed it right. Johnston afterwards was quite modest, actually. But I spoke to him after the game and he said, um, you know, it's, you do have to get a bit of luck with these penalty saves. Essentially, if you go the right way... You, 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 unless it's a great penalty, you're probably going to save it. And if you yeah. don't, if you don't go the right way, then you know you, you, they stick it in. Um, and with penalties, you know the, the key, it's a win-win for the keeper. No one, yeah. no one really expects the keeper to save any of them, but when they mm. do, they're the heroes. So, yeah, I mean, I think Johnston's been good in the main part. I do think there are still some issues with um, the high ball into the box and 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 and, the, and him coming to collect crosses, although. He looks better against that against Stoke. You know, there was a question mark about Birmingham's goal whether we could have maybe come to get get that, but I think the defence probably deserve the most criticism for that. You know, Dawson gets beat in the air and Yotta at the back post. I mean, someone's got to be clearing that ball or, or, or hooking it clear or, or something. It was a poor goal to concede, but um, yeah, Johnson did all right. I thought Phillips played really well. Yeah. He was the other man I was going to point out. Yeah, very good game for him. I thought he was probably Albion's best player. I actually thought Barnes did quite well. I mean, a few people said oh, he was a bit ineffective, but he got, he got chopped down so many times. Like, the only thing I would say about him is that you know, he might need to come deeper a bit more to get the ball. Because sometimes though that front three of him, Gale and Rodriguez are isolated up front, particularly, when, particularly on Friday. I also think he could... I mean, it's, bit, it's so... You're nitpicking a little bit, but I also think you know he gets fouled so many times. But we don't really threaten from set pieces. Yeah. So well, not in this, not in these days anyway. They used to. <laughs> um, so sometimes I just want him to get that pass away a little bit quicker. Just try and slip, but uh, Gail Rodriguez in behind um, before he gets taken down. But that that is nitpicking because he is a, a great player and a young player as well. So you know, um, I'm sure that will come with time. But um, be interesting to see whether he plays on on Tuesday because obviously. Hulahan's now at the club and, and um, you know, he could get a run out yeah. as well. Yeah, well, someone will be coming on to shortly. There was a bit of drama at the end as well, um, r- rattling, the, uh, rattling the frame of the goal. Could Al, you know, nicked it? Yeah, they could have last 10, 15 minutes. I mean, Darren Moore said afterwards that would have been cruel on Birmingham. And he's mm. right, it would have been so cruel if they do it, if they won it. But they could have. And they nearly did. Um, and... For all the problems that there were on Friday, and, and there were many, well, there were a few glaring ones. Um, I do think that, um, you know, for the main part, Albion have, have, have sort of grown into games. They've not been great in the fir- many first halves, mm. but they have been much better after the break in, in, in the majority of games, and particularly towards the end of games. I mean, if you think about Nottingham Forest, another game where they were battered really for 60 minutes and they grew into the game and again might have nicked it at the end. And they grew into the uh, well. I say they grew into it. They, once they brought Barry on, they they looked a lot better. So they've got a lot of stay, staying power. Yeah. Um, this team and they seem to be quite resolute. They they've gone behind a couple of times and they've and they've fought back. Uh, you know Norwich. Um, Try to think when else. Um, but they've you know they they've got a bit of staying power. Um, so that's a positive, I would say. Mm. But yeah, I think um, they need to need to figure out a way of getting their best passers on the ball quicker 
and not leaving the back three so vulnerable because that's that, they look vulnerable back there and I, I do wonder if maybe away from home it might need a slight tweak in the system just to because I thought Rodriguez was couldn't get in the game against Blues and I just wonder if you know you almost play a three six one does mm. that you know or like a three a th- what would it be like a three five one one and maybe have Gale up front and then pack the midfield and yeah. then have Barnes just behind him because I don't, I don't know if Barnes drops deep enough to um, be the third midfielder all the time I and mean, sometimes he does um, but he's you know he's he's more of a in possession player rather than out of possession player yeah so you could almost go with someone like Brunt Livermore Barry or Brunt Livermore and Field in there and drop Rodriguez maybe and have Barnes and Gale so you've mm. got a three six one. so just away from home you've got a few more options on the ball I don't know if it would work because um, you might have too many bodies there like clogging up the same space going and moving you know almost following each other moving into the same areas I'm not sure but it's an idea because yeah I just thought there was a bit they were a bit disjointed yeah on Friday yeah and one man you did touch on Gareth Barry um bit of a debate about him. He did come on, he made a really good impact as well. Do you think this is a game which kind of suited Gareth Barry? Do you think he's kind of finding his feet a little bit in a division which he hasn't played in before? Um, I think he's an option. I, I, I really do. I think, you know, I understand why Chris Brunt's in the team to shuttle the ball forward. But he's not a central midfielder. He's a left winger yeah. by trade. I know he's played a lot of positions over his over his career, and he's very versatile. And that's that is a you know string to his bow, and it shouldn't be ignored. But Gareth Barry's played hundreds and hundreds of games at centre mid. Yeah. It's like it is like you know slipping into a comfy pair of slippers for him. He knows exactly where he needs to be. Now he yeah. might not always be able to be there because he might have you know, with the legs that you know. I don't know if he could do it for ninety minutes particularly against, you know, maybe a dynamic midfield. But he does know he does know what to he does know what to do. Um almost innately. Because he's just done it so much. He's got that yeah. flesh memory of, right, okay, now when the ball is in that position, this is where I need to go, this is where I need to go. Okay, I'll pick the ball up here. And he has he still has got, you know, a nice little tar t- touch and turn and the ability to pick a pass. I do wonder if he's an option. Um I still think Sam Fields an option as well. You know, you know, we've got three left footers there who, who are, who can pass the ball. And I just think, uh, yeah, I, I think I think Field. If you're looking for a younger, I mean, he's not really as he's not really doesn't really hair around the place. He's not really very fast, but mm. he's got a stride on him, and he's he's you know he's he's he's, he's quite a fit chap. And yeah, I just wonder I wonder if he's he's an option as well. Um, after the game, Darren Moore mentioned Livermore, Brunt, Barry, and Field as his options in that four. Mm. I wonder if we're going to see Barry and Field in the next uh, few weeks because we've got a lot of games coming up. Yeah, certainly is a busy period. Have, have the fans forgiven Barry now, do you think? Is it all water under the bridge, what happened last season? I think so, yeah. I think the majority of them have. Um, time heals a lot of things. You know, when obviously it was a um, very dark moment in... in probably Barry's career and also in Albion's season but um, I, you know there's not as much vitriol against Boas Myhill mm. um, you know 
probably because he was at Albion for so long. Yeah. You'd imagine that Barry was the one which was almost pinpointed because he was, yeah. you know, one of the Jake most Livermore, recent ones though, there. Jake Livermore doesn't get any hatred, really. He's, yeah. he's And that's because he's playing well, or he has been playing well under Darren Moore. I think Barry, if he comes in and plays well, I think the majority of fans, I'm not saying all of them, because, you mm-hmm. know, everybody's entitled to their own opinions and their own reactions to things, but I think the majority of them would... would, would would say okay well we'll we'll forget about that maybe not forgive it but we'll forget about it and yeah we'll, and we'll just look ahead rather than look back yeah surprised to see him hang around I, th- I, mean, I thought he was one of the players who you'd imagine would be moving on over the summer especially with Albion's relegation but he has stuck around and he's he's not made that much noise about it either has he Gareth no but I you know he had an option on his contract and he took it up um, I mean who who would have signed him I don't. Yeah, I suppose that's the question he no. was probably thinking as well. I can't think of a Premier League side that would have taken him. Mm. And then if you're talking about the Championship, Albion are probably one of the best payers in the Championship. So yeah, there's your answer. There we go. Wes Houlihan, another man now, um, joined the Albion. Good signing? Well, I don't know because I haven't seen him play for West Brom yet. Um, well, is he the type of player which you think Albion could use? I think he's the type of player Albion could use. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we talk about players that can look after possession and recycle the ball. Houlihan's one of those, although he plays a bit further up the pitch. Um, I think it's important to have a bit of experience maybe in that number 10 position where at the moment we've only got Harvey Barnes and, okay, we've got James Morrison. um, But maybe Darren sees him as more of a a deeper lying midfielder, like a, a sort of replacement for Livermore yeah. potentially yeah. Not, although that he probably doesn't have the legs to do as much running um, so yeah I, you know it's a short term deal until January so it's quite inexpensive if you think about him as a direct replacement for Nasser Chadley it makes complete economic sense because Chadley would have been you know, they got 10 million from Chadley and he would have been on 40 grand a week Hulham won't be on that much yeah. so um, you know it makes economic sense and he's a player that knows this league inside out knows it very well and he could he could prove to be useful, albeit as a squad player rather than you know a starter. Yeah, no deal for Russell Martin though, no. No, um, you know they took him on trial, and, and I don't think I think his level's probably a bit below Championship, you know, top six. I think he's he would probably do well to get a Championship uh, mid-table struggling team. I think you know League One might be his level. Um, that's not from any uh, I haven't seen him play recently that's just from when you speak to people that's the idea that um, that you get yeah it's, it's good to see Darren Moore doing so well in bringing players like this in because you look at someone like Wes Hulan, he knows the league very well as you just said and then he's mixing that experience with players like Harvey Barnes who are at the beginnings of their career and it seems to be merging quite well at the moment in terms of the way Albion is setting up and the way they've been playing games. Well, yes, it is. But Harvey Barnes isn't a West Brom player. And you've got a lot of uh, talented youngsters in, in the squad, in the club. Sam Field, Carl Edwards, Jonathan Lecco, um, Ollie Burke as well, who um, are currently not getting games in the league. Yeah. And... Um, there is an argument that Houlihan's arrival has um, almost stunted that their pathway or, or put another roadblock in their pathway towards the first team. 
particularly lots of Edwards and Lico who have impressed behind the striker in the Carabao Cup. Mm. And um, listen, the the thing is that you can't really look at how old these players are. Darren Moore has to pick the team that he thinks is right to win him the game of football. He will not be given time because no manager is anymore. He will not be given time to develop players. They have to be ready. Um, I think he's done it quite well so far this season by blooding a lot of these youngsters in the Carabao Cup. It's difficult to know whether they, you know, whether they should should or should not be thrown into the league team. You know, you could. I've said before. I think Sam Field deserves a chance. You could argue Carl Edwards deserves a chance, mm-hmm. um, and they're not getting them in the league at the moment. That being said, you know, Darren Moore watches them in training every day. Graham Jones, Wayne Jacobs, James Shan, they all watch them in training every day. They all have a chance to impress five, six days a week. You know, um, and we're not privy to that, mm. uh, to, to seeing that. So we don't know what happens in, in those situations apart from what we're told. Um, so does Hulahan's arrival block the, block, you know, those, those players? Arguably, yes. But, if Darren Moore thinks it's uh, going to benefit the club, then I think, considering the length of the contract, I think it's probably something that y- you know you can understand and get behind. Um, it would be a shame to see the likes of Field and Edwards and Lico um, move on uh, in search of first-team football because eventually they will have to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we wait and see what happens. We've got a busy month coming up. Um, there haven't been really been many injuries yet. Yeah, I mean, I think Morrison's got a groin strain. Kieran Gibbs was ill. Apart from that, they haven't. They've had very few injuries. So those youngsters might be called upon if they if they get if a couple of injuries uh, come uh, during the uh, the long cold winter months. Yeah, what does this mean for for Jimmy Morrison? Because he's a player who you thought would be playing in the position which Hulahan's been brought into as well. Yeah, you're right. And um, well, it's whether I, we wait and see what pecking what the pecking order is. But it would appear on face value that he's been shunted down the pecking order to third choice number ten and cover for central midfield mm. behind potentially uh, Barry Field, Livermore, and Brunt. Yeah. So fifth choice, maybe even Raheem Harper. Um, so yeah there's a lot of competition for places which is not a bad thing um, because it was only a few weeks ago that it, the, the squad looked a little bit vulnerable and a little bit bare but yeah it, it's it's an interesting it's an, it's an interesting question about Morrison because obviously he was, he was given a, another contract yeah albeit on you know significantly less than what he was on before but he was you know he was given an extra year and it'll be interesting to see how much he plays, um, but you have to ha- you do have to have a squad, and you yeah. have to have a deep squad for this championship because otherwise you leave yourself open to to crisis. Mm, certainly, an interesting dynamic. Got plenty of questions coming in. Uh, the first one, Tagabird, can you think of any reason as to why we always seem to start games off slowly and only seem to wake up in the second half? It's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I made, I made that point earlier. I'm not sure. I, I mean, unless. Um, 
unless they're getting caught out but maybe by the opposition's formations or the opposition is doing something to counteract their formation and it's not until Darren and his coaching staff get them in at half-time and, and, and give them a few pointers that they realise what they need to do. You know, maybe there needs to be a bit of more um, experienced in-game management from by the players on the pitch. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I, I don't know the answer. Yeah. Ryan, uh, WBA1, he asks, should more consider dropping a striker for some away games in place of a midfielder or a holding midfielder? Uh, we did kind of cover that one earlier. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think he should, yeah. I, well, not, not, not definitely should do it, but maybe should consider it. On a game-by-game basis, yeah, you'd imagine, I mean, yeah. The, the thing is, Albion's strength is they're the championship top scorers. And, you know, I, I, you're sort of reticent to take away that goal threat when you've got such good forwards you know you've got the likes of Barnes Rodriguez Gale and, and Phillips who are good forwards for this league Yeah. do you want to really take one of them out of the team I don't know but like I said earlier you could maybe especially in this sort of period rotate Rodriguez and Gale and and um, and, uh, and and bolster up the midfield the other option of course is, is, is to start Robson Carnu, who is better with his back to goal than those two because at the moment, Albion sort of have to play out from the back yeah. because they haven't got a target man. Mm. So if they lump the ball forward, as we saw against Middlesbrough, it's just going to get gobbled up by the defence. So they have to play it on the deck yeah, because they've got no options. So the other option is to put Robson Carno on and hit him, hit his chest and bounce balls off him. I actually think Robson Carno is better off the bench than starting. I think he's proved that throughout his Albion career. He's a, he can make an impact off the bench and he has made impacts off the bench but starting he never really seems to be as good as yeah. when he comes off the bench I don't know why that is I think some players like that but um, yeah, yeah that's another option I, I, that, and that's why I think they, they, they continue to do this passing up from the back even though it sort of leaves your heart in your mouth is because well if they clip it unless it's a really good ball in behind that Gail can run onto yeah. there's no target man up there yeah GWBA, which players would you like more to experiment with? Not necessarily in the same position they're usually playing. Uh, he's moved Burke in games to striker. Phillips is a wing-back. Barnes is a number 10. Which other experiment do you think could work that we haven't seen yet? Well, I mean, you could maybe in the Carabao Cup look at... Um, obviously, he's looked at Sam Field at left centre-back. Yeah. That's an option. Getting a ball player at the centre-back. Could play Gareth Barry back there, maybe. Yeah, is maybe. He tall, is he tall enough? He'd certainly have the defensive now, so you'd imagine whether he's whether he's got the legs and the size. The issue for me is that Albion have, have been so susceptible to balls into the box this season. They've only sort of recently fixed that um, that problem. Uh, and you've got three big centre backs back there. Um, if you then move someone like Barry back there, you're you might what you might gain in. Um, in possession, you might lose out of possession. Yeah. It's a worry, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, that would be one for me, maybe. I think maybe Field at left centre-back, although I prefer him at centre-mid, is an option. Um, uh, other changes of uh, position? I still I still think Burke's a striker. I've said mm. that before. I don't, think he's a, I don't think he's a winger. I think he's a striker. Um, what else? That's it, I would say. I would keep everybody else pretty much where they are. Yeah. Uh, Mark Colley, 
Do you think Bartley should be castigated or fined internally after his ridiculous handball? I don't know why you would have his hand in the air. A bit harsh there, Mark, I think. A fined internally? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, unless it was like a sort of a fine that was already in place, like if you... A joke, you know, not not a joke fund, but like you know, rather than a week's wages. I mean, yeah, one which isn't going to yeah. make a big financial dent. <laughs> yeah, I mean that doesn't make a financial dent anyway. Let's be honest. But um, I would say um, if you was to get what a hundred quid fine or something uh, for a handball in the box, if that was like, I don't know. I don't think but, he's intending to handball. It's one yeah, of them where you not you you may look back and think, what the hell was I doing there? What was he doing? I mean, it was it was a silly mistake. Um, yeah. There's no getting around it, but I'd be surprised if he was hauled over the coals for it. Um, I don't know if that does anyone any good, really. No, I wouldn't imagine it would do much good, but Mark is clearly one who's a disciplinary. Clearly annoyed, yeah. <laughs> Callum Haywood, uh, last one. He asks, where's Turton gone? Do you know where Turton's gone? No, where's he gone? He's gone to the States. He's in America right now. He's, he's, he's been travelling uh, to LA. Well... Lucky boy. Living it up. The weather's certainly better there than it is here, by the way, seeing, judging by his Instagram pictures. All right, let's move on to the games this week. Two to cover, Matt. Two to cover. Bristol City home tomorrow at 8pm. If you listen to this, obviously, later on this week, you will already know the result, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Um, they've had a good start, Bristol City. Uh, third in the table, four wins on the bounce. Could be a tough game, this one. Yeah, it's going to be really tough. They're the informed side in the Championship. Um... I don't know what to expect, really. Albany have been quite good at home. Well, they've been very good at home since um, the opening day. They won four in the spin, although two of those were in the, were in the Carabao Cup. Yeah. But Bristol City, they've won four in the spin in there, and they've, they've beaten Swansea and Sheffield United in that time. You know, Those are not poor teams. Um, uh, they smashed Blackburn 4-1. 4-1, one, yeah. 4-1 before the international I mean, break. That's not, that's not a bad result either, by any stretch. So they're obviously... Doing something right. Um, I noted that you know, they lost quite a few of their good players in the summer. Bobby Reed obviously nearly came to Albion, went to Cardiff. They lost Aidan Flint obviously to Borough. Yeah, Joe Bryan as well. Joe Bryan, of course, went to uh, what did you, Fulham in the end. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Um, after nearly signed for Villa, so they lost arguably their three best players. I think they've got a completely new back five at the club, um, and they're doing quite well. They've kept a couple of clean sheets recently. Um, but they were here last season. They were here almost this point last season. I think they won one of their first 12 games last season and then fell away and finished uh, 11th. Mm. So they've done this before. Um, but yeah, they are bang in form and they will be you know, really up for this game, I'm sure. Um, Lee Johnson played a 3-5-2 against Sheffield United at the weekend for the yeah. first time this season. So he's obviously not adverse to playing that. So he might match Albion up. However, I think... That I might be wrong on this, but I think they may have switched to a four-four-two during the game um, and looked a bit better afterwards. So he might continue with the four-four-two, and I think as we saw against Blues, you know, four-four-two can, can apparently give Albion a bit of problems. So yeah, we wait and see. Um, they've got Andreas Feynman up front, um, signed in the summer. Obviously, ex-Villa, yeah, ex-Wolves yeah. on loan. He was at Wolves. Um, he's got five goals already this season. He'll be their danger man, and I'm concerned about him because he loves to press. He loves, he's a relent- yeah. he's one of those guys, a relentless runner, isn't he? Just runs around, yeah. and I don't like the idea of him. Uh, Higazi and Bartley with all at their feet, running straight at Higazi, and Higazi wondering what on earth to do with it. But um, 
listen, we wait and see. Um, Albion were brilliant at, at the Hawthorns against Stoke, so hopefully uh, you know they'll bounce back from that poor defeat, that poor performance at Blues, uh, with another similar performance like that. How do you think Albion would take to a team matching them up? We haven't really seen it properly, to my memory, where a team have come out and they've matched Albion up completely. Borough did it. I mean, Borough did it in a weird way. They did it with almost five. Yeah. Five four one five. Five, I think it was five three two five four one something like that. Yeah, the wing backs weren't really getting the wing backs weren't the getting pitch. no the wing backs weren't getting up high at the pitch, but they matched them up in the same system, mm. um, and I thought it was quite effective against Albion. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, Darren Moore. I mean, we mentioned this earlier. Very very busy period. What changes do you expect, if any? Well, like I said earlier, he didn't really give any clues. He said he'd be he's happy to change it, and he's happy not to. If you had to make some, who would you would you make a change for this game? I would probably bring in. I'd probably bring in Barry or Field mm. in midfield, centre mid. Um, if Gibbs is back available, I'd, I'd, I'd bring him back in for Townsend on the left wing. How do you find Townsend, by the way, against the Blues? We haven't, haven't seen him a whole lot for Albion, but. Did, did okay or I thought he got um, run ragged by by Yotta mm. in the main part um, tough assignment you'd imagine it was tough um, but I thought because Yotta was the best player on the pitch but I thought um, yeah I thought Yotta him and Bartley struggled to deal with him and um, it's a shame because I really like Townsend I've, I've really liked him in the Carabao Cup and he's been fantastic in those two games and it was a good chance for him to stake a claim, but I think I think Gibbs will will come back in if he's if he's available. Um, I, you know, he, he wasn't dreadful by any stretch, but I, I he didn't do enough to keep his place from mm. Gibbs in my mind. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I would put him. Apart from so yeah, apart from maybe making a change in central midfield, would you change the back three? Mm. I don't know what I don't know what the options are. I mean, you could maybe bring in the young lad Tosin under a bio, yeah, because um, he looks quite good on the ball. I think he'd handle that press if if, if Vyman's pressing as we'd expect him to. He'd handle it maybe a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. We'll wait and see. But he's an, he's another option. I'd be I, I'm expecting him to play in the in the in the Crystal Palace game, and if he has a great game there, you know, he might keep his place. But. Mm. Um, We'll wait and see. Um, obviously, you've got the Millwall game at home on Saturday, which on paper, I mean, it's never really like this, but on paper, they look a bit weaker than Bristol City, just mm. in current form. So that might be an opportunity to play at a Rabio, um, albeit, you know, I would argue that Millwall are a bit more... I'd, yeah, I'd imagine that... Blood and thunder. So you might you might want to keep something like Bartley and Hagazi in the team for that. Yeah, you'd imagine Bristol City would suit... Tosinado Rabio far better than, than the Millwall game maybe you might be right there and then someone like Higazi comes in for Millwall where you're more likely going to be facing balls into the box less so pressing yeah um, and it obviously gives him a lot more time to recover because you know Tosin's younger yeah it's not a bad shout course Millwall Saturday 3pm at the Hawthorns 19th in the table they face QPR in midweek as we said, a tough team, one you'd expect to be very different in style to Bristol City. Um, do you think this game would suit Albion's older heads like Barry, like um, some maybe other players at the back? 
I think Albion will be favourites to win that game at home to Millwall, and they should be. Um, but Millwall nearly beat Leeds yeah. uh, on Saturday, and they've got QPR, who they probably will beat, I'd imagine. Um, so they'll come. They'll probably come to the Hawthorns in a bit of confidence as well. So, yeah, I, I you know, it's it's funny, isn't it? Um, they when you're in the Premier League, they say, oh, there's no easy games in the Premier League, and you come to the Championship. So there's there's no easy games in the Championship. And there isn't really. Wherever is there an easy game, Matt? I don't know. <laughs> that being said, not losing to to Birmingham City shows that actually if you can start playing if you can start playing well there are wins to be had in this league yeah. um, so look it's it, we asked Darren if it was a big week and he said look they're all big weeks so we wait and see but obviously two wins would make would make everything seem quite rosy especially considering how much the championship has opened up I mean mm. it looked like at one stage at Leeds and Middlesbrough were going to be the, the early pace setters but I know Leeds are still unbeaten, but they've both suffered a, couple, a bit of a stumble recently. I think Leeds have got a couple of draws in a row and, and Millsborough obviously lost at the weekend. And Brentford and Bristol City have flown up there. Mm. It's really, really close. It's really close. It is. You can afford to lose games in this league and you can still be within touching distance. Yeah, but you do need to put a run together if you can. So I, I, I think four points would be acceptable from mm. these two games, but they, they've got to win one at least. Um, and... Ideally both. Yeah. You said you need a run. Something of a favourable one coming up for Albion. After Bristol City, Millwall, obviously they've got Palace in the Cup, but then they've got Preston, Sheffield Wednesday and Reading. Those are three games which you'd imagine Albion will be going in saying targeting three points. You target three points every game regardless. But it's, it's, a, it's a run which you think favours Albion, don't you? Yeah, after the Bristol City game, certainly. I, I think they've got four games there that they... They would. They need to get some proper points on the board. Then, mm. um, like I said earlier, the good thing is that they picked up a point when they played badly. But that only that only counts if um, that only counts as a good point if you then back it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they need to start backing it up. Good thing as well. All in quick succession. If you pick up a little bit of form, the confidence r- rises, and then straight away you've got game after game after game, and you're almost riding high straight away, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, Darren Moore made this point, actually, um, today. He said um, the international break almost killed us a bit because we played really well against Stoke and, yeah. and then we wanted to have another game quickly and we didn't. So, I mean, I don't know whether that's just managerial speak and trying to, uh, you know, um, give an excuse to why the performance was so bad or uh, there's probably some truth behind it. Um, you know, he's he's been in the game far longer you know, and he's played at that level, mm-hmm. and I haven't. So I'm sure I'm sure he knows what he's talking about with regards to that. So um, yeah, interesting. Um, if they can get on a run, then it'd be great. Um, but they need to get on a run. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah they, they need to do it. Essentially, I mean, you know, it's it's last five games in the league. What is it? Three wins, a defeat, and a draw. Mm. So it's okay. It's okay. Um, but yeah, if they want to start challenging the top two, they need to go on a bit of a bit of a run. Certainly do. And do they do it with these two first games, Matt? Let's get predictions for these. Bristol City at home. What are you saying? What have you got? I have what no idea. I can't, are you giving me? I can't call it. I can't call it. It's so difficult. Um, I think, I think Albion will be strong enough. I think. 
purely because I was concerned about the Stoke game and mm. then at home they seemed quite good. So I will go with a West Brom win. I think they'll nick it two at home. I think they'll nick it 2-1. Two, 2-1, one. Two, one. okay. 2-1. Then Millwall after that, of course, this weekend. Matt? I just think, I, for some reason, I think that might be a draw. I think it could be a one-all draw. I, I don't know why. I just think... Whenever you, whenever you think you've you've cracked it, yeah, someone comes and tells you shows you that you haven't. So if they beat Bristol City tomorrow, I think they might get a draw against Millwall. Yeah, yeah. I'm going for a hard fought one nil win. So you reckon two wins? Two you? wins on the bounce, I think, for Albion here. Six points on the board. Maybe some points dropped from above them. Oh, they could be up in the playoffs, couldn't they? Could be. Uh, all right, let's finish with our competition, Matt, as always. No winner last weekend, I couldn't believe it. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, we reduced it down to two games as well. Kimo Roof was injured, so we knocked it down to two games to help the person out. Still couldn't get it. Because Gale didn't score, wasn't it? Yeah, Gale didn't score. The per- but mind you, Charlie Moggle didn't either. Oh yeah, I was watching that game. And uh, he was taking all the free kicks, but he was just lofting them into the uh, into the box, wasn't he? Yeah, no, there were none on target. There was one from Conor Horahan, though, later on. There was one from Conor Horahan. Yeah. Uh, Villa did get away with that, by the way. Um, let's let's go through the games. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the competition is we pick one any zone goal scorer from three games over the weekend. If they all come in, one lucky listener who's selected before the games will win an Albion shirt of their choice with a name and number on the back. First game, Albion Millwall. Matt Wilson, do you have an anytime goal scorer for me? Albion Millwall, anytime goal scorer. It's been a while for young Harvey Barnes, so I'm going to say. I reckon Barnes might get on the score sheet. He is due one, isn't he? Yeah, he hit the bar yeah, against um, Blues. I think, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll grab one there. All right, we've got Stoke Blackburn. I'm going to go for Benekafobi. Is he even starting? He scored two goals the other day. Did he? Yeah. In a in what? A five-a-side? No, it's a two-all draw. Oh, right, okay. Oh, did he? On Saturday? Yeah. Oh, right. What? You weren't, you weren't paying attention to the other games. Too busy, too busy in a... Switch up with Albion Blues on the Friday, weren't you? Yeah, I was enjoying my weekend off. A rare weekend off. So, Benekophobia, okay. He's, yeah. I'm going for Benekophobia. Uh, yeah, Benekophobia. I'm not changing that. Okay, that's fine. No, that's fine. I was, I was considering Bradley Dack, but I just think, I think a phobia will get on the score sheet. Mm. Plus, he takes penalties. That's Does a nice score, That's mine. good. That's good. Maybe I should pick Rodriguez. No, we'll stick, stick with Barnes first. All right, okay. Last one. You can choose this one. Borough Swansea. Ollie McBurney. Ollie McBurney. I like McBurney, he looks like a good player. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? He's done well, started the season well. Started well, yeah. So that just about does it. Slightly shorter podcast than usual, guys, but one we hope you'll enjoy. Matt, thank you for joining me in this in this dank and dreary, dreary cellar here in the Express and Star. That's all right. You come to Bristol City tomorrow? I'm not at Bristol City, no. Nathan Judah's there, but I am there for Millwall. Okay, I'll see you, uh, well, I'll see you before then. But Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but no, uh, make sure you listen in uh, next week. Uh, we'll have another episode for you, as always. But for now, make sure you stick with the Express and stuff all your Albion news. 